Hello, and welcome to the Out of the Closet podcast. I am your host, Andrew Petke. We are a fun, gay, and informative lifestyle show hosted by me, improv and sketch comedian, Andrew Petke, like I said earlier today. And we are broadcasting live right now out of my husband and I's closet. Now, literally, I am broadcasting between our clothes and our closet right now. <laughs> From laughs to interviews to games with special guests to gay news to community to all things LGBTQAI plus and gay friendly to highlighting special organizations doing amazing things in their areas to information and opinions. This show is full of amazing information, big laughs and fabulous guests. All right, you can always follow us on any of our uh, social media channels. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. It's podcast OOTC. OOTC is for out of the closet. So podcast OOTC, you can find us there. You can uh, go on there. And if you want to take a look inside the closet, you can see this podcast. You can see all the outfits I'll be changing into for our various segments. Uh, you can always check out our YouTube channel. That's right. We're also a vodcast, baby, which means you can see everything that's happening in the closet, you can see our guests and what they're wearing and everything that's going on here on the podcast. So all you have to do is go to outofthecloset.podcast.com and you can view the whole podcast. Now, if you're watching right now, thank you. And I appreciate you guys for all tuning in. Hey, today's show is going to be incredible. Today on this show, we have the world-renowned shoe expert, the shoe queen, Juliana Hager, and she will be joining us from her own home custom shoe closet to chat and giggle with me and we're going to discuss shoes and celebrities and ways to fix your shoes in a in a bunch so we're going to come up with a lot of awesome information if you heard juliana on our second episode uh, we're going to have a little bit more in-depth conversation today so stay tuned for that plus as we get back to the swing of things in a post-covid world and unemployed masses start re-entering the workforce it's time to get that resume in tip-top shape and updated uh, and we're going to polish up on your interview skills and give you some tips on how to get the most out of applying for jobs, especially if you're applying online, okay? Because there are some secrets that might help you stand out from the crowd. So stay tuned for that. All right. And then we'll highlight an organization called Fierce NYC. That's right. Fierce NYC is an amazing organization building leadership and power of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer youth of color in New York City. And we'll wrap the show with this week's gay history lesson. We're focusing on Judy Garland. That's right. The gay Elvis, the Dorothy and friends of Dorothy, and quite possibly the biggest gay icon of all time. So we'll tell you some of the things I bet you never knew about her and her life. It's exciting. And that's all coming up soon. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep listening and or watching. And we're going to have a fabulous and gay ass time on this podcast. In fact, I hope you get really involved. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email me directly at andrew at outofthecloset.com or you can message me on any of our social media channels at podcast OOTC. That's podcast OOTC. All right, welcome back to the show, guys. Today on the show, I'm excited to have back again. Uh, this time for the full interview time, the world-renowned shoe queen. That's right, an expert in everything shoes, accessories, and celebrity fashions. My bestie with a gorgeous chesty, Juliana Hager. Yes, if you listened, 
Hi. I was going to say, everybody, if you listened way back to episode two of the Out of the Closet podcast, you heard the shoe queen, Juliana Hager, give you a shoe-tutorial and taught you everything you ever wanted to know about high heels in a fun segment we called What the Heel? Anyway, well, now, yeah, what the heel? Well, Juliana is back for an extra long segment so we can dive into a ton of fun gay things from shoes to celebrities to tips to get the most life out of your shoes and your feet to fabulousness and bling. We'll try to cover as much as we can, but you know, we always end up giggling and cutting up about other things. So we'll see how this goes. But without further ado, let's welcome to the Out of the Closet podcast for the second time ever, the shoe queen herself, Miss Juliana Hager. Thank you so much. Poodle, poodle. Well, first of all, I wanted to talk about how we're getting back to travel and getting back to work and going back into the actual workplaces. Um, and I want to talk about what you need to take with you to take care of your shoes and your feet. So we're going to talk about these three things here. All right. So, yeah, these three things. So it looks like we have three different things you're holding up here. What's the what's the first one? <laughs> so the first one is a fabulous little kit that I found on Amazon that includes a shoe polishes, two shoe polishes, one black, one neutral, um, and then applicators for those and then a buffer and then also a lint and shoehorn combo. And this is fantastic, very uh, inexpensive and all comes in this fantastic little zip up case that you can take. With yeah, you. it's amazing. So this is, yeah, this is very valuable. Yeah, I was going to say for you guys that aren't um, watching the vodcast at home, you won't be able to see what she's holding up. But what she's holding up is it looks like a little leather binder with a zipper. And then you mm -hmm. open it up and it's all these shoe goodies inside of it. So it's pretty small. It looks like it's maybe the size of like a small purse or like a clutch. It is. It definitely So you could. A small little book. So in that, what's. So there's a natural wax. What does a natural wax do? So it is. That would uh, be for your neutral colored shoes, the okay. tan and browns and that sort of thing and it basically helps you buff out a scuff or a scratch or you know something like that mm. um now if okay. you run out of if you don't happen to have this case and you are on a trip you can then use you know anything from a sharpie to touch up a little scuff on a black shoe to um you can use vaseline to help you shine up a shoe a little bit um, and just give it a little bit of a, a shine and then use a, a damp cloth to kind of, you know, buff it out a little bit. Uh, the yeah, last yes. So we, so no, I was just going to say, so we have a shoe repair kit and you said you got, uh, where'd you get that? That was on Amazon. Okay. Very, very inexpensive. I, I know it was under $20. Okay, and I'll, I'll put a link uh, for everybody at home that's listening on the outofthecloset.podcast.com website so they can Perfect. find the same kit. Um, and then you held up a, a big old economy economy size jar of Vaseline. So uh, it's good for two things, apparently. So, <laughs> for Well, one is for blisters. If you have a blister, oh. you can Vaseline to help that. If you have some friction on the back of the heel, um, on our toes with strappy sandals, that sort of thing. Um, this is perfect for that. And then also we talked about that it can help you, you know, scuff it, a little scuff, polish it out, that sort of thing with this. Um, also there's a white petroleum, um, that you could use as well. Um, this 
a lot of people have this around the house. Yeah, so, the cool thing about I like that because you can instantly, uh, like, I wouldn't say waterproof a shoe, but you can, you know, if it's going to be raining and you have a pair of nice boots, you can put some Vaseline on and polish it in there real quick and it kind of helps repel some of that water. Very true. Very true. The last thing I held up is called Shoe Goo. This is fantastic glue also on Amazon. Uh, it comes with four tubes. You can just pack one of these little tubes in this little case with you. Okay. Um, and then this is for it. Let's say your sole is flapping off of your shoe. I had that um, happen before. I have too. <laughs> Who's got and, flappy sole problems? <laughs> <laughs> and then if you've broken a heel or the tip of the heel off, you can glue it back on with this. So, and oh. this, this shoe is called shoe goo, but it is a glue and it is fantastic. So this so, is on your amazon.com also. Okay. And I'll put that on the website as well. So it's shoe goo. It's G O O. And basically mm -hmm. what is it like fastening glue or how, how quickly does that stuff set up? It really sets up in about 60 seconds. So oh, okay, it's fantastic. I mean, obviously if you can, glue something for a few hours the, the results you're going to feel more confident with that but right uh, really quick. It, and it'll it'll get you through a situation just at yes. least until you get to a to a cobbler or something correct. like that correct and that was and that was one of the things i actually learned from you shoe queen is that you know i had um my entire life i would have i would go buy like some really nice boots but i'd of course always get them on sale but then you know when they would get worn out i love the boots but i'd wear them literally till like i could feel like you know rocks and shards of glass through yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a hole in the bottom i was like it's a drain uh anyway <laughs> you know i had that but i would i would constantly throw away like really nice pairs of boots that were otherwise fine because i thought it was so expensive to go get them resold and then you told me about cobblers yes so um that's that's kind of a retro word for your shoe repair uh, vendors or yeah. locations retail locations and they sell things like these kits as well but one of the most valuable and invaluable things that they do are shoe repairs as you mentioned so what i've had to do my shoes this part wears off and so you're looking at oh, that's the very tip of the heel. So that little plastic part that sits on the heel of a woman's high heel is something that you can replace. Yes. And it's very inexpensive. Most most of the times cobblers charge about 10 to 12 dollars for this. And then they'll touch up this, this little point. The they'll even, yeah, they'll even clean them and polish them. And you walk out the door with twelve dollars, and you get you get years more out of your shoes, which our shoes are investments. Those are, as you see, I have invested a lot. Yeah, but for you guys that are uh, <laughs> listening right now, if you log on to the podcast, the video podcast version of this, you can see Juliana's amazing custom built shoe closet that her husband Noel built for her. She's got fabulous shoes. I see a lot of animal print. I see a lot of black. I see some strappy things up top. Um, and all of that and some blinged out things. I mean, you definitely have an amazing selection. Now, how many of those shoes would you say percentage wise has had some sort of repair done to them? I, you know what? I would say probably 30%. Okay. That's pretty good. That's, yeah, that's from the shoe queen herself. <laughs> and, and boots too. Boots too. As you, as you mentioned, our boots are such a major investment that you've got to take them in. And, you know, it really, it's maintenance. So, right. you know, I had, yeah, I had a pair of boots that I got uh, for relatively inexpensive, but they were valued at a lot higher, but they were great quality, but the soles, I mean, I just wore them every single day. So the soles wore out. And I think I went to the cobbler and got them repaired and it was probably a little bit more expensive just because it was a boot and had to be sewn. 
but it was still around 60 bucks for the pair. And I would have definitely thrown out the pair of boots and instead I right. kept them on warm for a few more years. So I thought that was a pretty good investment. Yes, it was. Yes, it definitely was. So, well, so with a Sharpie, I know you're the shoe queen, so you don't have a problem with using a Sharpie on a, on a black just shoe. A small spot, just a small, if it's a major scuff and a major repair, no, don't do it. Do the shoe polish. Definitely, you know, invest in a little kit like this that has the black shoe polish in it. Um, but yes, if you're on the run and you just need to touch up something really quickly and it's very small. Also, um, for tennis shoes and sneakers, we call them um, tennis shoes in the South. Uh, rest of the world calls them sneakers, but uh, <laughs> We, you can clean those with a little bit of toothpaste to get out a scuff mark. Um, you know, if you're traveling or if you, you know, you just don't have something to clean that tennis shoe with. So oh, that's a that, really good idea. That's a great way to clean that. I, I know so. one time I used the, uh, those Mr. What is it? Mr. Clean erasers, you know, those little sponges. Those, those work, work really well on like the vinyl part or the rubber parts of your shoe, especially if it's white. Cause that's, that to me is sometimes a hard, I don't, I don't buy a lot of white shoes because of that reason. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's, that's a great tip also. So it's all about maintenance and, uh, and and protecting our investment. So, Well, I'm curious if people that love shoes as much as you do and as much as I do take care of their shoes just as well. In fact, you know, there's tons of celebrities that we see wearing shoes all the time. But, you know, when you watch these celebrities, you're like, is this the first time they're wearing these shoes ever? Is this going to be the last time they ever wear them? You know, because they're just making a fashion statement. You know, there's it takes time to break in a shoe to to be comfortable. So I'm always thinking about all these different celebrities we see on the red carpet. And you have a list of celebrities uh, that you've gone through and you've looked at all their shoes. And coming up after this short one minute break, we're going to be back with a shoe queen. And she's going to tell you all the celebrities she's been watching and looking out for. And she's going to tell you the best guy, the best or I should say best male identifying and female identifying person and what shoes they're wearing and why they are spectacular. So we'll be back in just one minute with the shoe queen, Juliana Hager on the Out of the Closet podcast. Back in one minute. Woo! Woo-hoo! Hi there, I'm Maylin Luke, owner of RustingPlantFace.com. I create hand-poured and hand-painted concrete planters and unique home goods in a variety of styles, colors, and also do custom orders. Just visit RustingPlantFace.com and use code OOTC to get free shipping on your order. Visit me on Instagram at RustingPlantFace for plant tips and tricks. Plant parents and aspiring plant parents are welcome. Hey, it's Andrew. Do you have a business or a service that you would like to advertise on the Out of the Closet podcast? Well, if you do, I'd love for you to become a sponsor of the show. We can get your business in front of our amazing LGBTQAI plus and ally listeners who can't wait to hear all about your company. Plus, it's really super affordable. Right now, you can be included on four podcasts for just $250. Want to get started? Email me at andrew at outoftheclosetpodcast.com. Thank you. All right, guys, welcome back with me. I have the shoe queen. That's right. Juliana Hager is back with us again on the Out of the Closet podcast. And when we left, we were just talking about shoe repair and how to take care of the shoes that you have because they're an investment for life. But now we're talking about celebrities and the shoes that they wear. Okay, now I know, Juliana, you have done your research. You've looked at every celebrity that's ever existed and what's on their feet. So with all of your uh, research, all your studying, all your years of shoe expertise, 
Who wore it best? Hands down, she wears the crown. It's Lady Gaga. That, that's Whoa. it. It is Lady Gaga. Um, and she could actually teach a class on how to walk in these amazing, stunning, very tall platform shoes, boots. They're just fabulous. And they're always very colorful and bedazzled and um, sequined and just they're stunning. Absolutely stunning. And I'm wondering if she just has like incredible balance because, uh, you know, on episode two, when you first came on, we talked about those crazy claw shoes, which yes. I, I can't even ex explain, except they look like a, they look like a lobster claw mm -hmm. and your feet somehow go in them and you're practically standing um, like, like on your toes, I guess the whole time. Right. And she, right. she did a runway look in that. She did. And she performs in these enormous platforms and heels. I mean, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we love that she wore not too long ago at the Abbey, some fantastic boots. In yeah, LA. For, yeah. So the Abbey, um, the, the, the bar and restaurant here in uh, Los Angeles and West Hollywood that is world famous is celebrating 30 years of pride. Woo! Go Abbey. And uh, as part of their uh, one of their surprises this weekend, this past weekend that happened on Sunday, actually, Lady Gaga came out to the Abbey and she was out there uh, in her full, um, you know, show show womanship. And uh, it was amazing. She had these. Yeah, they were they almost look like pa patched uh, leather, like um, shiny leather, vinyl leather. I don't know what they were. Pink uh, boots, but they were like Herman Munster platforms. I mean, really tall platforms, pink in color. They went just below her knee, it looked like. Um, but I mean, they were definitely How does she not fall off of those. How does she not fall off? Of those? She must not, she must not have had a gay drink beforehand because I, I <laughs> literally, those platforms were like 10 inches mm -hmm. maybe or so. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I'm oh, a pretty good judge of 10 inches. So <laughs> just kidding. No, but, uh, I honestly, um, like I was amazed. Yeah. She was there at the Abbey, but I've seen her perform, uh, on stage before and do some pretty crazy stuff, even like play with, <laughs> play the piano with her shoe, which, you know, is pretty incredible too. Yeah, she wears the crown. So one of the things that she likes to do, of course, is go and attend um, pride parades, pride concerts. I mean, she and she brings it to that. Yeah. And so she, she, oh, the, Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, one of the things that she's brought to that are she and Donatella Versace a couple of years ago, both wore thigh high rainbow sequined platform almost like stiletto boots right or stunning just they're like gorgeous it looks like a big gay disco ball up your whole oh, life gorgeous on on both and donatella's were a little bit different um and as a matter of fact lady gaga won that too she won that crown so she's it, so, she's it. now is it because she takes the biggest risks or is it because the amount of variety it's everything. Okay. It's the variety. It's the choices um, that, that she makes and puts together. It's also the skill set we discussed that she can maneuver, dance, walk, everything in those shoes. And like you mentioned, play the piano with yeah. the shoes. So well, let, me, well, let me ask you this. Okay, so we know females have a ton of different shoes uh, offered to them. Uh, well, I guess males can wear them too, but you know what I mean. Uh, and so your uh, female celebrity is Gaga, but which, I mean, I feel like guys don't have as many options as shoes. So which is, which is your guy celebrity that pulls off the look the best? 
It's actually Hugh Jackman, and he is the global ambassador for R.M. Williams Boots and Shoes for Men um, out of Australia. Beautiful leathers. Um, He actually appeared in both print ads and TV commercials wearing absolutely nothing but his R.M. Williams boots. Hello. I need to see the photos of that stat. It is. Is it? Stuff. Is the boot stra- is like the boot strategically placed, or is he wearing well, a boot on his dick? What? <laughs> where's this boot at? This boot. He is sitting in a chair and reclined. He's in a reclined position with the boots up on what appears to be the CEO of R.M. Williams' desk, oh, wearing okay. nothing. Now you know oh, the desk, not the CEO. I thought you meant his. Okay. Yeah. No, he's in <laughs> a chair with the boots up on the okay. desk. Uh, look at, look for it. You, you'll, you can find it. Uh, oh, I will find it and I will post it on the out of the closet podcast.com website because yeah, you don't get to see anything sadly, but you, and he is hilarious. Um, and just the way he describes, you know, nothing, he has to wear them or nothing. And so basically he is wearing nothing. So he wins as far as that prize is concerned for men. Plus he's always wearing those gorgeous, gorgeous boots with the beautiful leathers um, at all the awards shows. Um, now who, I will tell you who wins the worst, the worst Uh-oh. shoe dress. Oh, you don't, you don't want to uh, be on the shoe queen's worst list. It was, and I love him. It was Quest Love, who is with uh, Jimmy Fallon's house band, The Roots. Oh yeah. See them weekly, you know, weeknights on Jimmy Fallon. And they're amazing. They're fantastic. Very, very talented. And Questlove is very, very talented. He tried to pull off metallic gold Crocs on the red carpet at the Oscars. It was hideous. Awful. Uh, yeah. I'm Crocs, really... Crocs need to go away. Crocs need to go uh, I know. Away. And I, you know, it's crazy. I feel like they have a stereotype of being ugly, but yet I have seen them kind of making a little bit of resurgence when they've had these like metallics, when they've had these different things. Personally, you won't find me in a pair of Crocs. I don't really, I don't really get it. I feel like your foot's gonna get sweaty and stinky. Oh, Maybe gross. Me, I don't know. Ever since Mario Batali, I'm like, no, I'm not. No. Definitely not. No. <laughs> but anyway, no. but he no. wore them to the red carpet, and they were gold, metallic gold. Oh lord. A full, like a black suit, which was a looked like a nice suit, and then these metallic gold. Cro- you, you saw them blocks away coming down. The <laughs> well, he was at least, I guess, at least comfortable, maybe. Maybe I don't. Do you wear socks with Crocs? I don't know. It's I don't awful. think uh, you could wear socks or not. I think you're still going to look like a person in Crocs and probably get judged yeah. by people. But who cares? You know, if it makes you feel comfortable and you like them, then wear them. If you like whatever you like, just wear them. But you are going to uh, probably get judged. <laughs> yeah. At least by the at least by the shoe queen of me. Well, hey, uh, real quick, we got to go to another one minute break. But we'll be right back with the shoe queen when we come back. We're going to talk about pride. Yeah, pride is right next month. You know, I know you guys have seen it happen before. Target gets a shelf with Pride. Uh, All the different stores, Walmart, everybody has Pride areas. But which shoes can you go buy that are Pride-inspired that actually give back? Well, we're going to cover that and more when we come back with the shoe queen, Juliana Hager, on the Out of the Closet podcast. Woo! Woo! (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Ty Burgess, founder and CEO of OneCBD, and I'm here to talk to you about bringing some balance back into your life because everyone knows we can all use a little balance right now, and we have a special offer for Out of the Closet listeners today. To learn more, visit us at OneCBD.com. That's O-N-E-C-B-D.com, and use discount code OUT for 50% off your first order. I'm so confident that you'll love adding OneCBD to your routine that if you aren't completely satisfied, we'll refund your entire order. No questions asked. OneCBD.com. Take our free quiz to see which product is right for you. That's O-N-E-C-B-D.com. All right, guys, welcome back with us. We have the shoe queen, Juliana Hager. She's with us here in the Out the Closet podcast, and we've been talking about a lot of fun stuff. She's coming to us live right now from her gorgeous custom-built shoe closet. So if you log on to the podcast, you can see that at outtheclosetpodcast.com. Juliana, thank you for coming on the show. And we were just talking about the future, the, the previous segments. We were talking about first, how to repair your shoes. Last, we were talking about Gaga and Hugh Jackman and how well they look in their shoes. All right. Now it is Pride Month, okay? We are literally on the hills of June. June is Pride Month next month. There's going to be a ton of different things going on. And I know as a gay man, I go into stores this time of year and I see pride everywhere. And on one hand, I'm excited because we have representation everywhere. On the other hand, I'm thinking, how many of these businesses are just here for the profit? So you have done some homework and you're here to tell us today about some pride shoes that we can buy with confidence and feel comfortable about buying. So tell us about all your research you did on pride and the pride shoes and all the pride fun stuff that is uh, out in the stores right now or, or next month. And as you mentioned, Andrew, the, the sad thing is, is that uh, a lot of companies are riding the rainbow slide to the pot of gold without giving back. And that's just wrong. That's just wrong. And so little, lepre- lip- little leprechauns over there. Yes, <laughs> there are lecherous leprechauns. And we don't like that. We, we really, uh, we want um, the diversity, the equality to all be highlighted but what an amazing thing to also give back to charities and causes that benefit and support everyone and the equality in the community and LBGTQ everyone. So yeah. we had to be all, all the letters. Yeah, all the letters. <laughs> I personally bought uh, a really cute little clutch myself. Yes. Actually, uh, uh, the shoe queen made a special visit out to where I live now in Santa Monica, California, and uh, the shoe queen came with a whole bag full of shoes uh, and they were all amazing. But probably my favorite thing of everything you brought was this cute little clutch, which you're showing off right now on the vodcast at outthecloudsofpodcast.com. But anyway, it is a um, it's like a gold champagne sequin or maybe even beaded. It looks like hand beaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, beautiful champagne kind of beads. And then it has this vibrant, bold uh, rainbow right in the middle. And that's gorgeous. Where is that from? That's actually from Etsy. Oh. Uh, so, you know, this was a person that is an entrepreneur, so I don't mind that as much. They're, you know, making their own way in this world as an entrepreneur. And, um, so to me that, that has a, a benefit there. I agree uh, with that too. I think sometimes, you know, individuals, you're not going to know whether they're giving back, but if, if it's going to them and they're doing some pride worthy, you know, items, it's worth, you know, putting your money where that is. But when we're talking about bigger corporations, bigger retailers, sure. Who is it that is doing the best, doing the most good? Really, they're doing the most good. Um, I'd have to say uh, I looked at everything. 
Um, all of the manufacturers are coming out with pride shoes and pride sneakers specifically. Um, and that's Reeboks, Adidas, Vans, Puma, um, you know, but really the best was Converse. And what I found with Converse, they were coming out of the closet with a gorgeous collection for 2021 Pride. And it is just beautiful and colorful and all inclusive. And they benefit five different charities. One that we've all wow. heard about, it, it Gets Better Project. Um, mm -hmm. So that one, that right off the bat, that's just perfect. Then Allie Forney Center, uh, then Bagley and Out Metro West are just a few of the charities that that collection benefits. And that was so easy to discover and to find. Um, as I went to all the other manufacturers, it doesn't say anything about giving back, um, except for Tiva. Tiva had a really good, um, and this was for men and women and everyone, a very inclusive. It's a, called a platform. Instead of a platform, it's a platform sandal that you could wear to festivals, to the pride parades, oh. um, and it rainbow on the platform on the basic base of the shoe and it's about a five inch platform uh with rainbow and then had either the black or the white straps to the tiva um you'd want to have a pedicure um if possible you know we've all had our yeah you can get but you could you could get a little roy g biv uh pedicure you sure could that would be <laughs> awesome i might have to do that and then uh that tiva for that they're donating to the human rights campaign foundation um nice. another amazing worthy cause so that to me spoke volumes uh both converse and tiva and i'm proud to say that i own a pair of converses i was going to show that if i could here yeah now oh my this gosh okay juliana is holding up this cute okay she wears a size six heel so that's pretty small you know drag queen is gonna be like in a 13 14 so she's half the size of a drag queen and this converse she's holding up is it glitter it is. Um, it's kind of a denim with a little uh, silver sequiny sparkle to it. Yes, yeah, it's a shame oh, too. Oh, that is cute. And I've noticed something's different about this one when so, I'm looking at it. Inside of this Converse is an actual platform. So it's a high heel Converse, Chuck Taylor. Okay, guys, uh, I'm, what I'm looking at right now, it literally looks like the regular Chuck Taylor that's flat that Juliana is holding up. But you can kind of see through the fabric where there's a heel built in. So even though it looks flat from the side, in the actual shoe, your your heel is lifted maybe three inches or so, uh, right? Oh, yeah, three and a half, almost four inches in these. Oh my gosh, almost, oh, hey, four inches, nothing to, uh, you know, <laughs> snap at. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. All right, so those are beautiful and they give you height. Now those aren't rainbow, but they they probably have those same, that, that same size and the rainbow. I could not find uh, this, oh. this in rainbow with the heel okay but i'm not through right. so no worries on that. <laughs> or shopping so hey I'm and i was gonna tell you what's cool about converse and and a lot of these companies i mean first of all you should do your own research you know if you're if you really like a pair of shoes um and you want to make sure it gives back then do your research and and find that out um but converse it seems like every year they they do a little bit more and more and they give back more and more and they always change the designs of their shoes so it does seem like sometimes you can get the canvas that might have the rainbow print. Sometimes it's just on the bottom mm -hmm. of the sole. Um, mm -hmm. So it seems like they have different styles and, and those things. And uh, artists are 
creating those. That's another really cool thing about it. Like there are artists out there creating those designs um, and all with self-love in mind. So that to me is just beautiful. And Converse to me was one on that prize as far as the pride. Uh, they're getting that crown as far yeah. as getting back and being uh, all inclusive and embracing and promoting self-love. So, and, and you Good. know, you have to love yourselves the way that you are. And, uh, you know, I, I know I preach it, but uh, self-love is what you have to have. I think it's awesome. And, you know, and I know obviously pride is just around the corner, but um, us gays love to show our pride all year round. So these are shoes you could wear all year round. They don't have to just be pride. Sometimes when I have a pride shirt, I find that I kind of just wear it around pride events. <laughs> I don't wear it nearly, nearly as much out just because, you know, it's a, it's a lot of pattern, a lot of bold, but um, the fact that you can get some of these shoes that have, you know, it's some of the shoes can be outlandishly rainbow, like mean, rainbow everywhere. And then some of them will just have like a hint of it, like a small little nod, which I think is cool too, you know, so you could, you could even dress it up a little bit if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty amazing. So uh, what is like when you, when you go out looking for shoes, whether it's pride or not, what are like the, what are the three things that you look for most as a shoe queen? Well, as we know, I like height. I like to have a heel, even in my tennis shoes, my sneakers. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. I like to have a heel. Uh, I do wear flats uh, from time to time. I'm not really super comfortable in them, uh, but I will wear them. But I look for the heel. I look for, obviously, I like shoes with character. I like uh, leopard prints, bejeweled prints. Um, I seem to dress in monochromatic so then i like a, a splash of color a print or something for my shoe and my accessories so um that to me uh that's why i love the rainbow look to it too it's so much fun and so colorful and then it has such a nice wonderful all-inclusive meaning so that's why when i bought this purse and i brought it out to la and we went to actually uh, a drag queen brunch oh yeah I I didn't think I was going to make it home with this. I oh, no, the drag was... queens were the drag queens were eyeing that up for sure. We were at hamburgers, uh, hamburger Mary's and WeHo, which if you've never been to a hamburger Mary's, you should, and you should go support your local drag show. So we went out to hamburger Mary's and uh, yeah, you know how, the, you know, I feel like uh, drag queens have the ability to put on a show. And then what I call shark eye, um, a dollar bill from like a mile away, you'll, or they'll be in the middle of a song and you'll see their eye dart to the left and they see that dollar from away, away, far away. But they were doing that to this rainbow purse the entire time. And I was like, hold on to that with your dear life, Jules. <laughs> the Queens are going to get it <laughs> on the table. So we could keep an eye on it. <laughs> yeah, We chained it to the table. <laughs> She's like trying to grab it. Get it, get it. Um, well, I had such a good time while you were here in Santa Monica. We definitely had a big gay time uh, going out did. and about. And I loved it because every time I looked down at your feet, you were uh, adorned in a different pair of shoes. And I was really amazed because uh, you you bought you brought a bag specifically just for your shoes on this trip. Um, but can you tell us and the people at home, like, how do you pack? I mean, not everybody can bring um, all their shoes on a trip. So what is the best way to like, what is the best way to pack the shoes to make sure that they make it to and from safely and uh, without getting scuffed up too much. Sure. And I'll tell you, Southwest Airlines was fantastic. They were really, I had, I brought two bags on. Uh, everyone was in a great mood because people are starting to travel again. So it was very exciting. I, you know, I want to give them a shout out. Um, and then I will tell you, they, 
they were stunned when I opened up that bag of just shoes. And I did explain to them that I was visiting my besties, um, two beautiful human beings that are married and are just, just the love of my life. And they dress beautifully. And so I had to up my game. I had to bring all these shoes and clothes. It was ridiculous. But I will tell you to pack your shoes, really the best way to do it. Um, if you have some plastic or uh, even grocery bags, like um, you could use those, reuse those, wrap your shoes in them, mm -hmm. and place them at the bottom of your suitcase, and then your clothing on top of them. That is really the best way to do that. And it keeps it a little bit organized also. I try to stay organized by bringing a separate shoe bag. So that's, and I, <laughs> I that's a good way to do it. Yeah. And I do put my other accessories in there as well, but, um, yeah, I, I usually roll up the socks, you know, the underwear and that kind of thing and kind of stick it in a shoe. Cause I figure that'll help keep it shape. And, you know, it's not like it's, it's going to wrinkle my socks. That's a great idea. And, and rolling, you can get more in your suitcase when you roll your things too. It's true. It's very true. So, well, so I have one more yeah. question, um, before we go today, first of all, you've been amazing. This has been a lot of fun. And I yes. honestly, I wish you could just come for the whole show because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. In fact, coming up, uh, in a segment, um, right after yours, we're going to talk about getting back into the workforce. Okay. A lot of people are on unemployment and they're getting, you know, they're either being forced <laughs> by their state to get back into the thing or by their mm -hmm. partners or whatever it may be, but they have to work, they have to get a job. And so, um, you know, putting your best foot forward uh, on an interview, what what would be some things that you'd recommend going into an interview? Obviously, uh, I would say the total look, but also the shoes. Is there anything that the shoes can tell an employer about an applicant? Yes. And that is a great question. So uh, definitely an employer will look at you from head to toe. And they're going to, if you take good care of your shoes and they're polished and they're not scuffed, they're going to take a note of that. And that's going to mean something to them. That's going to mean a lot to them. So I definitely recommend that you have your shoes. If you need to take the, your favorite pair and your good luck pair, to take them to the cobbler, have them shined up, have them fixed up, have them just perfect. Um, and also, I mean, I totally believe in good luck shoes. I mean, wear those, the ones you feel the most confident in. Yeah. Um, and if you're interviewing for a creative job, wear a really fun pair where, you know, that sort of thing. So don't be afraid to show the creativity uh, in a unusual pair of shoes. Yeah, um, I think you definitely, I think you definitely have to use your best judgment because I mean, I mean, if you're showing up to a job interview and you're in some ratty tennis, sh tennis shoes or sneakers, um, that might look bad on you. But if it's a, if you're going to something that might be a creative or maybe a, a mm -hmm. more youthful work environment or something that's maybe slightly more casual, you can still get a pair of sneakers and make it look you know, some dressy. bunch of, yeah, but they better, fun. but they better have clean laces look, yes. you know, polished up and, and look like you're ready to go to work. That's right. Absolutely. Right. And I will tell you, I personally, um, know your audience, as you mentioned, know your audience. So if you're interviewing, let's say in the banking industry or with a law firm, wear a more conservative shoe. Don't wear necessarily the bright red stiletto or the rhinestones, you know, uh, choose wisely and know your audience. So. Yeah. You also don't want them so focused on your shoes that they don't listen to anything you're saying. <laughs> or that you are. I mean, sometimes right. I would. 
couple pair of shoes that I just stare at them like a lot. And real so, quick, moving up from the table, because, you know, like obviously the shoes are going to be a part of it when we introduce somebody. But if you're usually in an interview, you're sitting across from somebody at a desk. So they're seeing from, let's say, nipple height up, you know, your, your bust up. What are some accessories you would recommend and maybe not recommend for a job interview? I definitely recommend necklaces um, that some detailing. I don't happen to have one on today because I wore these enormous floral earrings. Now, yeah, these, those gorgeous earrings. Thank you. I would not wear these to an interview. Um, I okay, would why is that? Because they really have kind of a going out feel, like going out on the town at night kind of feel to them. So I, I would definitely recommend a necklace, um, a little down played on the earrings um and then you know or a scarf you could even do a scarf um for men if if it you feel comfortable wearing a tie um wear mm -hmm. a tie i mean and, and bow ties are fantastic i mean they really are and they show personality so um either kind of tie is perfect either the traditional or the bow tie for men what is it dress for the job you want not for the job you have so if you're unemployed, don't dress unemployed. <laughs> Girl, yeah. job All right. So it's like anything else. Just, I mean, and if you were going to a creative um, place, you know, those, those fabulous earrings you're wearing right now might be perfect. So you know your audience. Oh yeah. And those shoes. Oh my God, those shoes. At the very least, they're going to think you're three to four inches taller. <laughs> and height. I love to be taller. So yes. yeah. But I mean, hopefully you're working for an equal opportunity employer that doesn't take your height into consideration. Uh, Unless you're basketball. Not, yeah. That question is not really. How tall are you? Yeah. So that, <laughs> well, I've had an amazing time with you, Juliana, you, uh, the shoe queen. Uh, anytime she graces us with our presence we are luckier for it so thank you so much for coming on the out of the closet podcast for thank the second for time <laughs> yes thank you so much thank you much so much to the karen walker to my just jack all right the world-renowned shoe expert juliana hager the shoe queen that's right hey if you guys have any questions you want to ask the shoe queen directly it's really easy to do she has her own email address with us so that's shoe queen at out of the closet podcast.com that's shoe queen at out of the closet podcast.com if you want to email juliana you can email her there you can ask her all your shoe accessory and fashion questions and she'll answer them the next time she's going to be on next month for the shoe queen so thank you so much juliana thank I'll you be thank you remember to love yourselves love, love yourselves and wear some fabulous shoes Thank you so much. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next time. Woo! All right. In the fabulous words of the famous RuPaul, you better work. No, seriously, you're unemployed. Your benefits are running out and it's time to get that job before the job market is oversaturated with procrastinators vying for the same jobs that you might want. But don't worry, you're not alone in this, so don't beat yourself up too bad. Whether it's COVID related or not, if you are unemployed or on unemployment, you probably have already heard that some states are ending their additional pandemic unemployment benefits, some as early as next month, and other states aren't too far behind those conservative states, so it's time to get your gay butt in gear and land that job of your dreams, or at least a job to keep the lights on for you, okay? All right, now many of us have been unemployed for over a year with COVID, especially since so many of us gays work in the industries 
that were affected the most, hospitality, travel, retail, and of course, restaurants and bars. So it's understandable that we might all be a little rusty on interviewing and we might need to get that resume finally updated. Well, have no fear, you'll get a job with the help from this big queer. That's right, let's refresh that resume, rehearse for your interview, and go over some tips and tricks to land a perfect job or career, and even some secret tips to help your resume be more discoverable by hiring managers. You're not gonna wanna miss that tip. Hold on for it. All right, first and foremost, let's get that resume updated. It's incredibly important to make sure it's buttoned up, clean and easy to understand, highlights your biggest successes, and for the love of gay God, please spell check and double check every single word on your resume. There's nothing worse than misspelling information on your resume, especially if it's your name, which by the way, I have actually, I've actually done. I submitted about six resumes once and then realized uh, I misspelled my own name. So that's, that's embarrassing. Anyway, it happens to everybody. So I just say double check all your work just so that doesn't happen to you. Um, and update your work history and referrals. Make sure uh, that the referrals you're listing know that you're listing them and to expect a call. Also, don't list a referral that's not going to give you a great job recommendation. If you've been fired from a job, don't list them. It's probably not a good idea. Also, don't be afraid to let your personality shine through your resume, okay? Don't worry about just keeping it formatted to a basic, boring format. If there's something that helps your resume stand out, do it, okay? And if you have the ability to create a website or the know-how with your information, I know that seems like a lot of extra uh, steps, but if you can put together a website with more detailed information on, your, on, on the page, then you don't have to put as much on your printed resume. So, um, and this is gonna be a huge tip, okay? If you are submitting any applications electronically, okay? You're applying online. Let me tell you a little trick that you're gonna need to do, okay? So once you have your resume completed, everything's been double checked, it looks beautiful. What I want you to do is I want you to go and copy verbatim the entire job description, all the qualifications, all that kind of stuff. Copy all of that information. And if you can put it in your resume as either a hidden layer of text, you can put it in the background as all white text so it doesn't print. Anyway, the main goal with this is you want that information to be there in the background, kind of hidden. So if your application is being filtered electronically through software, it'll read those keywords that it's looking for and put your resume on the top of the list, okay, for the interview interviewers. So there's a lot of times where people won't even see your resume because it doesn't have those keywords. So make sure you hide those keywords in your resume. I'll put more on the outoftheclosetpodcast.com website on how you can do these steps, how it's um, relatively easy to do, and it could put you at the top of the list, like I said. All right, personally, I always recommend a cover letter as well. I know it seems like a hassle, but it'll help you stand out and it shows you put in just a little bit more effort than most. And don't be too wordy though on that. I mean, if it, you just want to be concise and say what, you're, what you want, what you're excited about the job, basically show that you've catered and, and customized the document for them, all right? And if you, I'm just saying, if you create a form letter, something that you're gonna use over and over again for different cover letters, that's fine. It'll save you some time. But I can't stress enough, you must double check that before you send them because if you, for whatever reason, forget to switch out a business name and you send it to a competitor or something like that, you're definitely not going to get an interview. That's for sure. All right. Now, before you even push submit to send in your application online, there are a few things you should do. Okay. You should first research the business, research the, the location, its information, 
it's imperative you know what you're getting into, what you're going into. What is their culture like there? Are they fun, friendly? Are they like a Google campus or is it really quiet, like a library? Um, are they active on social media? Are they active? Do you see them on Facebook and Instagram? Um, is their website really up to date? Do they look like their principles match up with yours? That's important. Do they offer benefits? Um, who are their competitors? That's important to know as well. And it's always good to brush up on any recent events, promotions, sales, news, information that they may have. If you want to sign up for their newsletter, that'd be great too. Okay. You want to be as well informed on the business as possible. If you are lucky enough to get called in for an interview or scheduled for a Zoom call interview, the rules are pretty much the same. Okay. Even when it comes to wearing pants, just do it. Okay. I promise because that'll be the one time they ask you to stand up and you're going to be there in a Speedo. All right. Which I guess could land you certain jobs. But anyway, just come prepared, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's in person. Okay. And then rehearse that shit. All right. Seriously. If you have someone to do a mock interview with, do it. Okay. If you don't, um, then I would just assume the questions that will typically be asked and have a response ready to go. Have it ready under your belt. You can prepare yourself because you know they're going to ask a lot of the same questions. And I would say when they ask the, the typical question that gets asked is, um, when was a time in a previous job where uh, you rose to the occasion and provided a solution or what is something along those lines? OK, so when that question is asked, I want you to think about the STAR method. OK, the STAR method is an acronym STAR, meaning situation, task, action and result STAR. Situation is what is the context of your story? So basically, what is the problem that was presented to you as an employee in the, in the past job? The next is going to be T for task task. What was your role in the situation? Okay. So uh, what was this situation? And then how did you play a part in it? The next will be action. Okay. What did you do? So what did you do uh, in that role to uh, get you a result? And then the last one is result R. Okay. What did your actions lead to? So basically you're saying, here was a problem. Uh, here was my role in the, in the problem. Here's the actions I took and here's the result. It's so easy. So just think of that star method uh, when you're interviewing uh, and again, you can you can pre-rehearse that ahead of time so that way it feels a little bit more comfortable. It feels like it's in your back pocket. Have your references in order for the interview and bring examples of your own work, especially if you're doing any kind of portfolio stuff. Make sure you have that with you. Um, and always bring an extra copy of your resume. It's important. I don't care whether you emailed it in, uh, you think they're going to print it off. Bring an extra copy because it'll be that one time you show up and nobody has a paper in front of them. That's no good. Just plan ahead. And when I say plan ahead, I mean it. Literally lay out your interview clothes the night before, pre-print all of your materials. Um, no matter if you have to waste time sitting in the parking lot too at the place you're going to interview, plan for traffic and get there at least 15 minutes early. So what? Listen to a podcast until your interview time is ready to go, like the Out of the Closet podcast. Just make sure you get there early so they know you can be on time and you make a great first impression. And make sure you bring copies of all of your information, but also be prepared with a notepad or a notebook to take some notes. Um, I also make sure you have a pen that actually works um, and uh, any of the other printed materials that you need. And this is so important to bring your own questions. That's right. All right. Have questions or hers for the interviewer. Um, you know, a lot of times they'll ask you, do you have any questions for me? Don't let that time pass. I'm just saying no and end the meeting. It's another time for you to stand out. And some of the questions you could consider asking, you don't have to ask all these, but you can consider asking any one of these. Um, for instance, 
can you explain some of the day-to-day responsibilities this job entails, okay? If you ask an interviewer that, they're gonna tell you exactly what to expect, okay? Um, it also makes you look like you care that much more about what you're gonna be doing if you get the job. Um, another question you could ask is, how would you describe the characteristics of someone who would succeed in this role? You're basically saying, give me the map to success here, okay? So this is a great question. It'll also help prepare you in this role and probably uh, any other role. And then you could ask, if you were in this position, uh, and you will be in this position if you do all these steps, um, you'll ask, how would my performance be measured and how often would it be measured? All right, and to show teamwork and uh, that you get along with other people, um, what you might ask is something like, what departments does this team work with regularly or how do these departments typically collaborate? Uh, and what does that process look like? It kind of gives you an insight into their business and it shows again that you're interested um, and what are the challenges you are currently facing in your role? I know it seems a little crazy to ask an interviewer that question, but a lot of times the interviewer will be your direct boss. And so their challenges are going to be your challenges. Um, so it's important to have that. And it also, uh, lets the interviewer talk about themselves a little bit, which takes the load off you a little bit. All right. These are just some quick things to remember. First of all, make a great impression, come dress for the job you want. You know, make sure you have your hair quaffed, everything looks in place, make sure you look presentable, make sure you're polite, treat every single person you interact with, with respect. Okay. This is um, some insight. I used to be a hiring manager at a radio station and actually I wasn't the first part of the interview. The receptionist was, and our interviews did not know that I would ask the receptionist to ask a couple of questions on my behalf. So before the interviewee even got back to me. The interviewer, I already had a good idea of were they nice, were they polite, were they on time, uh, did they follow direction, all of that before you've even walked in the room. So it's important that you treat everyone with respect because you never know who's talking to who. Just make sure you practice good manners, good body language, win them over with your authenticity and your positivity. I can't stress that enough. The more authentic you are, just like in life, the better it's going to play out for you. And the more positive you are, the better. It's not a good time to bring up negative things in an in, uh, interview. It's always good to keep it positive. Uh, but it is important to respond truthfully to all the questions you're asked because you don't want to say, yeah, I know how to build a nuclear weapon or something <laughs> if you don't know how to do it. So make sure you just truthfully answer the uh, questions that are asked. And, you know, tie your answers back to your skills and accomplishments, okay? So when you're answering something, say, you know, I was able to do that because I, I'm skilled in this, you know, or whatever it is. Make sure your answers are concise and focused. Um, and I would just say, keep negativity out of everything, okay? So don't talk about previous employers or bad bosses or horrible peers. Don't talk about any of that, okay? Um, but before you leave, I would always say, um, be a little uh, presumptuous. Say, um, what are the next steps? You know, because you want to imply that you're ready to take this job on, you're ready to get started immediately. What are the next steps? I don't think it's a problem to ask that. Uh, be a little forward in that. And then I think, and uh, this seems a little old school, but I think sending a personalized thank you letter or follow-up is important. Now, I'm not saying like break out a quill and some ink and make some parchment. I'm not saying you're going to go to that kind of trouble. I mean, you could still mail in a thank you letter, but even an email to uh, the interviewer just saying, hey, thank you for your time. I had a great, um, you know, had a great interview with you. I hope if you have any follow-up questions, give me a call. Here's my cell phone. Here's a way to get in contact with me. That is just general nice practice, but also um, it'll help you stand out in the long run because that person will be like, okay, that person at least thought to write a thank you note. So no matter what you do, 
I know you're going to be successful if you just follow these little steps. Okay. So no matter where you go, good luck in your job search. Okay. Don't procrastinate and go out there and get the job of your big gay dreams. Yes. Woo. Hello to all my Out of the Closet podcast family. I don't want to beg and I don't want to come off as needy, but the Out of the Closet podcast only exists because of listeners like you, and I really need your support. Any financial support you can do would be amazing and greatly appreciated, whether it's $5, an ongoing monthly contribution, or if you just want to hand over your total inheritance and put me in the will, that's fine too. Anyway, it's really easy to do. Just go to outofthecloset.com and click the support tab. Thank you so much for supporting the Out of the Closet podcast. Welcome back. I want to introduce you all to an amazing organization doing incredible things for our LGBTQ youth of color. And they are incredibly fierce in everything they do. Hence, they are known as Fierce NYC. Fierce is an acronym for Fabulous Independent Educated Radicals for Community Empowerment. Fierce is a membership-based organization building the leadership and power of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer youth of color in New York City. Uh, they develop political conscious leaders who are invested in approving themselves and their communities through youth-led campaigns, leadership development programs, and cultural expression through arts and media. Fierce is dedicated to cultivating the next generation of social justice movement leaders who are dedicated to ending all forms of oppression. Founded in 2000 by a group of primarily LGBTQ youth of color, Fierce was founded on the principle that LGBTQ youth must realize and manifest their own social and political power to change their conditions, to shape their futures, and to become effective agents of change in their communities. While many organizations provide opportunities for LGBTQ youth to access services, few serve as a citywide avenue for LGBTQ youth to direct their own social change agendas. Fierce continues to serve as one of the nation's few grassroots organizations whose mission is to engage LGBTQ youth of color in community organizing. Fierce NYC does a lot of fun fundraising events like their Bolathon. They have a big cabaret show that they do and they do drives through their website and all their social media channels. And you can go support Fierce today. You can either make a one-time gift, you can become a monthly donor, or you can join their volunteering network. And if you happen to be in New York City, you can actually even sign up to host one of their amazing house parties. And of course, all donations can be made online at FierceNYC.org. Fierce is a nonprofit organization under Section 501c3 of IRS code. So 100% of your contribution is tax deductible to the full extent of the law. We love how fierce Fierce NYC is and all the amazing efforts they're making for our LGBTQ youth of color in New York City. So thank you so much, Fierce NYC. Thank you guys for all you do. Go out there and support them. It's FierceNYC.org. And if you want to see articles used in this segment, please visit the Out of the Closet podcast at outofthecloset.podcast.com. Woo! Fierce NYC. Fierce NYC. Fierce NYC. 
it's Mystica Masala, owner of the most famous drag queen food truck and the winner of the Great Food Truck Race on Food Network. Now you can get my extremely tasty Mystica Masala spices and spice blends, the same spices we used in my award-winning dishes featured on Food Network, even my famous tikka masala blend and my savory and spicy tandoori blend. Plus, my free recipes on the back of every package. Just log on to dragfoodtruck.com. That's dragfoodtruck.com. Enter OOTC at checkout for 15% off. And now it's time for your gay history lesson. That's right, today's gay history lesson is on a gay icon known as Judy Garland. Judy Garland, born Frances Ethel Gum on June 10th, 1922, was an American actress, singer, vaudevillian, dancer, and like I said at the beginning, a gay icon. Yeah, that's right. With a career spanning 45 years, she attained international stardom as an actress in both musical and dramatic roles, as a recording artist, and on stage. Renowned for her versatility, she received an Academy Juvenile Award, a Golden Globe Award, and a Special Tony Award. Garland was the first woman to win the Grammy Award for Album of the Year, which she won for her 1961 live recording titled Judy at Carnegie Hall. Now, Garland actually began performing in vaudeville as a child at just two years of age and was later signed to Metro Goldwyn Mayer, or MGM, as a teenager, she appeared in more than two dozen films for MGM and is remembered for portraying Dorothy Gale in The Fabulous Wizard of Oz of 1939. We all know Dorothy. We all know The Wizard of Oz. We all know The Emerald City. And we know about Toto. All right. And The Good Witch, The Bad Witch, and all that fun stuff. Garland was a frequent on-screen partner of both Mickey Rooney and Gene Kelly and regularly collaborated with director and second husband Vicente uh, Minnelli, which is Liza Minnelli's father. That's right. She is the mother to Liza Minnelli. Anyway, other starring roles during this period included Meet Me in St. Louis of 1944, The Harvey Girls of 1946, Easter Parade of 1948, and Summer Stock of 1950. In 1950, after 15 years with MGM, the studio released her amid a series of personal struggles that prevented her from fulfilling the terms of her own contract. However, two of Garland's most critically acclaimed roles came later in her career. She received a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Actress for her performance in A Star is Born of 1954. Yeah, that's the original Star is Born. So if you've seen Lady Gaga, uh, this is the role she played originally in 1954, all right? So she got a Best Actress uh, Academy Award for that. She also got a nomination for Best Supporting Actress for her performance in Judgment at Nuremberg of 1961. She also made record-breaking concert appearances, released eight studio albums, and hosted her own Emmy-nominated television series called The Judy Garland Show. Now, that was only for a year from 1963 to 1964, but that's still pretty freaking amazing. Now, at age 39, Garland became the youngest and first female recipient of the Cecil B. DeMille Award for Lifetime Achievement in the Film Industry. Even after her death, Garland was awarded the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Several of her recordings have been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, actually. Now, unfortunately, Garland struggled in her personal life from an early age. The pressures of early stardom affected her physical and mental health from the time she was a teenager. Her self-image was influenced by constant criticism from film executives who believed that she was a 
physically unattractive. Throughout her adulthood, she was plagued by alcohol and substance abuse, as well as financial instability, often owing hundreds of thousands of dollars in back taxes. Her lifelong struggle with substance abuse ultimately led to her death in London from an accidental overdose at only age 47. Now, since Judy Garland is a gay icon, even being called the gay Elvis, you may already know about the life of Judy Garland, but I'm about to tell you some things you probably don't know about her. Okay, I already said this at the beginning, but her last name is not really Garland. Her real last name is actually Gum, G-U-M-M with two M's. Uh, but she changed her name after becoming more famous in 1934. And so did her sisters that were in that vaudeville act with her. She attended a star-studded high school in LA. Yeah, that's right. She was at Hollywood High School. She was there with a lot of other famous people. Um, but what's crazy, she was also there with her future co-star and best friend, Mickey Rooney, the comedian. He is so funny. Now get this. She was terrified of thunder. She had a fear of flying. And get this. She had stage fright. That's right. She had all three of those fears. So I don't know how she was able to do anything in the world of acting, but she was able to do it. So that's pretty amazing. Also, it probably didn't help that she was superstitious. In fact, she thought she would learn faster if she took her left shoe off of her foot. So a lot of times you would see her uh, memorizing lines with her shoe off, just off her left foot. It was a little strange. She worked four hour days on the set of The Wizard of Oz. Um, she was required to attend onset school for at least three hours a day. So you, the whole movie you see, she was only allowed to work four hour days every day. And like I said, a gay icon gave birth to another gay icon because Judy Garland's daughter is Liza Minnelli. I love Liza Minnelli. Uh, she's incredible. I love her, especially when she was on Arrested Development. That was a lot of fun. It was fun to see that kind of character come out. And this is sad. She was frequently body shamed and put on forced diets by the MGM studios. So sometimes she would just have like boiled chicken, cottage cheese, and lettuce. That's all she was allowed to have. She got married a total of five times. And you may not have known this, but did you know that Dorothy was actually supposed to be blonde? That's right. She wasn't supposed to be a redhead at all. Uh, they even tested Judy Garland with a blonde wig on, but Judy Garland's hair was red her natural color and they decided to scrap the wig at the last minute and so now we have the iconic red hair of Dorothy. Also another interesting fact about the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy's dress wasn't actually white and blue. No, it was actually pink and blue but due to the Technicolor uh, process they had back in the day, it read on screen as blue and white so that's what we think of it as but it actually was light pink and blue checkered uh, in that apron where she's carrying Toto. And did you know she was not even supposed to play Dorothy? That's right. Can you imagine Judy Garland not in the role of Dorothy? I can't. The role was actually offered to Shirley Temple first. And before it was the offer to Julie Garland, it was offered to Deanna Durbin. So there were two other people supposed to play the part before Judy Garland got it. But thank God she did. She was also one of the original co-founders of the original Rat Pack. Yeah, that's right. Sinatra, all, all the boys, all the Rat Pack guys. Garland was the founder of the group of actors and musicians, including Frank Sinatra uh, and Catherine Hepburn was there, um, who would all get together for late night gatherings at Lauren Bacall's house and Humphrey Bogart's house in Los Angeles in the early 1930s. So she was kind of the person that kind of got that ball rolling, which is crazy. In fact, Frank Sinatra was her daughter's godfather. Isn't that crazy? Okay, that's insane. She also was left-handed. And at her home near Central Park in New York, 
Her neighbors were John Lennon and Yoko Ono, and Yoko Ono still lives there to this day. And did you know she was actually friends with JFK? That's right. Yeah, the president would actually call her up from the White House and ask her to sing to him over the phone. And a song he always wanted to hear? Over the Rainbow, of course. And finally, and this is a little crazy, okay? On the day that Judy Garland died, a tornado literally hit Kansas. Okay, I, that's crazy, all right? <laughs> that is insane. All right, there is so much to cover about Judy Garland and her incredible, huge career. So if you want to learn more about the gay icon, Judy Garland, and to see links of articles used in this segment, please visit our website, outofclosetpodcast.com. We'll post photos there. I'll post uh, information that we covered in this segment. So go there. You'll find out all the information. And that's your gay history lesson for this week. Tune in to our next episode for an all-new lesson where we'll learn about the lead singer of Queen, the subject of 2018's hit movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, and an icon of gay culture. That's right, Mr. Freddie Mercury. So you won't want to miss out on the next gay history class. Listen, and you may learn something new. And the best student gets to headbang to an endless drum solo until they climax. All right, guys. Well, this is the official close to this episode of the Out of the Closet podcast slash vodcast. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. I really appreciate your time and your support. So thank you so much. I want to thank all of our guests that joined us today. Thank you to the shoe queen, my own version of Karen Walker, and one of my best friends of all time, Miss Juliana Hager. If you want to get in touch with Juliana, the shoe queen, it's really easy to do. Just email her at shoequeen at outofthecloset that's shoequeen at outofthecloset.podcast.com. And a huge, massive thank you to all of our sponsors, like the ones you hear between all of our breaks. They're all gay-owned and or gay-friendly sponsors, and I encourage you to go check them all out and support them all, please, for a list of all of our sponsors, plus listener discounts that only you can get. Log on to our website at outofthecloset.podcast.com. And if you're interested in advertising, please visit our website, or you can email me directly at andrew at You can advertise on this show for less than the cost of a set of Rainbow Pride Lego people. All right? Let's face it. It's cheap. It's affordable. And it supports this gay-owned podcast. All right. For all things Out of the Closet Podcast and to see videos from today's show, log on to outofthecloset.podcast.com. You can subscribe. You can like our YouTube channel by searching for Out of the Closet Podcast with me, your host, Andrew Petke, that's P-E-T-T-K-E. Um, and you can follow and like the show on Insta, Twitter, and on Facebook. Just search for Podcast O-O-T-C. And uh, just look for us there. You can DM me directly through our social media channels if you have any questions, if you have show ideas, if you need advertising information. I'd love to hear from you. So whether you email me or DM me, it should be amazing. Our next podcast will be available in just one freaking week so tune in again on wednesday june 2nd for another fabulous episode of the out of the closet podcast all right in the meantime you can listen and watch any and all of our podcasts that's right including previous episodes more gay history lessons and tons of other fun stuff all online on our website at out of the closet podcast.com also a huge shout out to my best friend 
Doug Long, who created the podcast, new theme music that you hear at the start of the show and you're hearing right now and on every OOTC podcast. So thank you to my talented best, Bestie, for the fun musical beats. You can find him on Instagram at Dougie underscore style. That's D-U-G-G-Y underscore S-T-Y-L-E. That's my best friend, Doug. He's on Instagram. You can find him there. All right. Thank you so much for listening and spreading the word. If you love this podcast, thank you. All right. Please be safe, be proud, and strive to always be the most true version of yourself. All right. Can I get an amen? All right. Have a great week.